Welcome to the Online Marketing for Doctors podcast, the place to grow and scale profitable practices with your show hosts, Huyen Truong and Steve Tate. Welcome to another episode of Online Marketing for Doctors podcast. We are your hosts, Huyen Truong and Stephen Tate. And today we are going to cover the most frequently asked questions about medical marketing that we have received so far. One of the most important keys to a financially healthy practice is marketing, but not just any marketing. We're here to chat to you specifically about medical marketing. After years working with many healthcare professionals, we have even put together the list of most frequently asked questions that comes to medical marketing. Now, the first frequently asked question is, how much should a medical practice spend on marketing? Now, the answer to this can be a bit confusing, as if you do a little research on the web, you'll find a wide range of recommendations. Anywhere from 5% to 20% of a practice's revenue is recommended as the right number. As a general rule of thumb, practices should spend at least 5% of their total revenue on marketing to to maintain their current position. Practices looking to grow or gain greater market share should budget a higher percentage. The truth though is that there is no one size fits all strategy. Your marketing plan should be based on a number of factors, including your medical area of expertise, your geographication, lifetime value of your patients, and of course, the goals of your practice. Then you also need to consider the patient acquisition cost. Your practice's patient acquisition cost is the amount of money spent on marketing divided by the number of new patients you acquire in a given month. For example, if you spend 5,000 on marketing that month and acquired 50 new patients, then your patient acquisition cost is $100 per patient. If a new patient is worth 500 in profit, then the practice in this example has a highly profitable marketing plan. That's a great number for small areas, but practices in big cities will want to see a higher patient acquisition numbers. If you are located in a big city, add another 3% to your budget as you need a sufficient allocation to reach a larger pool of patients and compete against a higher number of competitors out there. Once you address these top two budget items, Consider these additional scenarios as well. If you want to offer new products or services, consider increasing your marketing spend by 2%. If you already have um, added um, and introduced a new highly profit uh, services and products, add 5% to your marketing budget as you need to aggressively market those items. And also, have you noticed um, a loss of market share in your area recently? Add 2% to your budgets to move to the forefront of internet medical marketing in your area. As the vast majority of practices out there still do not aggressively market themselves, start more and work with your digital marketing agency to stay focused on what is or isn't working. Increase your budgets in the areas that prove profitable and eliminate or reconfigure those that aren't. Another consideration is the growth factor. With this approach, your marketing budget is calculated based on your desired level of growth. For example, if you want to grow your practice collection revenue by another $200,000 this year, 
and you utilize a conservative ROI ratio of three to one, a return of $3 for every single dollar you spend, then you can expect an annual marketing budget of around $66,000. Does not include any current marketing expenditures that the practice is responsible for, regardless of that ROI, which must be added to the budget. Another consideration is the growth factor. With this approach, your marketing budget is calculated based on your desired level of growth. For example, if you want to grow your practice collection revenue by another $200,000 this year, and you utilize a conservative ROI ratio of three to one, a return of $3 for every single dollar you spend, then you can expect an annual marketing budget of around $66,000. This does not include any current marketing expenditures the practice is responsible for, regardless of the ROI, which must be added to the budget. Now, the second frequently asked question we have is, should physicians use social media? Now, did you know that the healthcare industries in the U.S. and Europe are actively pursuing social media outlets in promoting their business? While many doctors and dentists are somewhat cautious about joining the trend because of some potential privacy breach or negative reviews online. It can't be denied, though, that social media is revolutionizing global healthcare marketing. Facebook alone has 2.2 billion active monthly users worldwide, making it the most popular social network on the planet. A major benefit of Facebook advertising is its ability to target and reach your exact audience. You can advertise to people by targeting their age group, interests, behaviors, jobs, location, and much, much more. If you really know your patients, you can use Facebook advertising to engage them correctly. Another incredible feature that Facebook advertising offers is the ability to truly engage your website visitors. Have you ever visited a website and then seen their Facebook ad in your newsfeed shortly after? Well, this isn't a coincidence. This is an advertising tactic called remarketing, which allows you to advertise to your recent website visitors. If someone visits your website and does not inquire or contact you directly, you can then re-engage them with Facebook advertising. It's a very clever, beneficial tool to you. Facebook advertising can drive repeat business from patients who have used services from you in the past or who have been your website subscribers. By using Facebook audiences feature, you can import your patient's email into your Facebook advertising campaign. This will allow you to advertise directly to the audience that is most likely to inquire and engage with you. If you haven't already started investing in Facebook, you should consider doing so. I'm willing to bet that your competitors are already running their own campaigns, or at least will be soon. Either way, the window of opportunity isn't going to be the same this wide open for, for long, so stay ahead of the pack. The next question is, what's the difference between traditional and digital marketing? When somebody say the word marketing, images of magazine advertisements, billboards, TV commercials, and radio spots probably pop into your head, right? These are examples of traditional marketing. Although digital marketing is a fairly recent phenomenon, it has absolutely exploded in popularity. 
These methods of advertising has rapidly evolved as technology has improved over the past couple of decades. Examples of digital marketing include websites, online banner advertisements, SEO optimization, blogging, YouTube videos, and social media mentions. More and more practices are making the transition from traditional marketing to digital marketing because they can target specific audiences that may be interested in their services. And what are some of the benefits of digital marketing? Well, uh, the first benefit is that you can get the most bang for your buck. A huge benefit of digital marketing is the fact that you typically spend so much less than you would on uh, other forms of traditional marketing. Secondly, you can measure the success of your practices marketing. There's one crucial thing you should always keep in mind when marketing. If you can't track the success, you can't manage it. So our advice is not to invest in anything if you can't measure the success. While it is difficult to track the effectiveness of more traditional marketing broadcasts, with digital marketing, you can track your online campaign success by many different dimensions, such as the number of impressions, the number of clicks, number of inquiries, number of visits to your website, visitor engagement on your website. With all of this data in hand, you'll be able to figure out exactly which marketing efforts are working the best and, just as importantly, which ones aren't working. Then you can refine your digital marketing strategy for future success. Another popular question is, when should I redesign my healthcare website? This is very popular question that we often get for many practices and a very important one as well. We all have belongings that we hold on to for way too long. Things that were way past their prime, but technically still function. You might ask, why bother replacing them, right? Here's why. As you know, nowadays, many of your prospective patients or referral contacts first impression on your practice will be based on what they see on your website. I've seen way too dated medical websites. Some of them are not even viewable on mobile devices, and yet they're still out there online representing practices. Don't fall into this trap, okay? If you see that your website has the following issues, it's time to look into an update or redesign. First of all, you need to determine whether your website is mobile-friendly or does provide a seamless experience across all devices. Do you know that more than 56% of all healthcare website traffic comes from mobile devices? If your website isn't responsive or mobile-friendly yet, the chance is very high that you are losing leads or even maybe even potential patients. Secondly, are you getting the right result you want? If you are not happy with your results, it's time to redesign. Examining your website conversion rates Visitor to lead and lead to patient, typically being the most important, can provide you with a clear idea of what needs to be adjusted on it. And thirdly, does your site no longer reflect your latest business purpose and marketing strategy? Or, or more so, does your site look outdated, has confusing navigation, and or you rarely get positive feedback on your website? Another important reason to get your website updated is when your prospective patients and referral contacts can't find you online. Your website is possibly not being found because you don't have the right keywords in order for your practice to come up in search results. Now, if that's the case, that means your website is 
just purely an online catalog and not working as its role should, which is to drive targeted patients and referral contacts to your website. Finally, one more consideration, have your competitors changed their site? Obviously, you don't need to give your site an overhaul every time one of your competitors changes theirs. But having said that, if they make changes that improve their ranking substantially and end up pushing you down in search results, it's likely time to make some alterations to your site too. Now, if you're on the fence about investing in a website redesign, we've compiled a list of nine reasons it's time to pull the trigger on a website redesign. Within our video called what medical website elements bring in new patients. And we've put the article and the video link in our show notes so you can have a closer look at them later. Another interesting question. How do I get more patients to visit my website? Oh my God, this is a very good question and a popular question for many practices. There are two main concepts to digital marketing, bringing them in and keeping them. Your primary focus should be driving that traffic to your website to begin with. And here are some main ways to do that. First of all, search engine optimization or SEO. This is a process of increasing the visibility of your website in search engines. The key to search engine optimization is to ensure that the content of your website, keywords and phrases are something that a patient is most likely to search for in search engines like Google. So think of keywords that directly relate to your business that people might enter into a search engine. The second way is to use Facebook and Instagram. Every day, millions of users log in to use social media sites, with the average person spending around 8 to 10 hours a month. With Facebook ads and Instagram ads, you can laser target your audience by their age, gender, location, interest, or even occupations. The list goes on and on, and you can also retarget your website visitors and your email list database and other similar audiences as well via the advanced targeting feature on Facebook ads. It is so very powerful tool. Now, a third way uh, and a quick way to get more patients to visit your website is Google AdWords, also known as pay-per-click or PPC, online advertising, Google AdWords places your website in an eye-catching location within search engine results. The utilization of AdWords allows Google to create a small ad that hooks the user and directs traffic your way. Now, a fourth way are blogs. Now, statistics show that websites with blogs accompanying them or websites that are featured within popular blogs have the highest amounts of traffic. So consider blogging and sending out your latest blog posts to your email subscribers to drive them back to your website. And another thing you can consider is getting yourself out there featured as a guest on popular blogs. It's a great tool to drive visitors to your website. Another popular question, especially from specialists, how can I increase doctor referrals to my practice? This is also a tough FAQ for medical practices, especially from specialists. When it comes to building a network of engaged referrals, it is all about relationship building and sharing your knowledge to establish yourself as a trusted source for referrals to turn to. We have put together an ebook called The 15 Secrets to Doubling Doctor Referrals to Your Practice, which was written based on our research, including 49 in-depth interviews 
with primary care physicians, specialists, surgeons, and dentists. You can find the link to download the ebook in our show notes or go to onlinemarketingfordoctors.com.au forward slash increase dash doctor dash referrer dash ebook. All right, now our second last frequently asked question is I'm very time poor, should I blog? Or are there any other options? Now, although blogging does take some time, it's usually very, very beneficial. According to Pew Research Center, 72% of US adults have searched for health information online. This makes becoming a source of commonly searched health information for your patients a vital part of any marketing strategy. And the best place to do this is through a blog on your website. Now, many practices ignore the opportunity regular blog posts presents to connect to patients. Now, don't become one of them. Blogs can also provide valuable information and lead people to your website as an expert source. If you post regularly, at least, say, twice a month, with information your patients are searching for, you position yourself as a health authority who they'll seek out when they're in need. Now, of course, let's get back to the key problem we constantly hear from all medical professionals, the fact that they are time poor. The solution to help out with this is when it comes to blocking or producing content for your website, it's a strategy called batching, meaning producing several pieces of content in one go. For example, for this very podcast channel, we produce and record eight episodes in one go. For you to get you through two months of content, I would recommend setting a time to complete four blog posts or podcasts in one go. Blog posts can be in article format, or if you prefer speaking instead of writing, you can consider recording your content and producing podcasts instead. Popularity of podcasts are actually on the rise. They are very mobile friendly and suitable to modern target audiences and who are always on the go, driving, walking, or on public transportation, and also to people who are looking for to, um, you know, to improve themselves. Now, our final frequently asked question, it's an excellent question, and we get it all the time. How can I scale my practice? This is a key question that all sorts of businesses tend to ask, as it's the key to take your business to the next level. You might have heard this saying from Mark Cuban. He's uh, an American billionaire businessman and investor. Unless you have a reliable, duplicable, scalable, and consistent way to bring potential customers in, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. Now, as you know, most of our healthcare professionals are still trading time for money. And if you can't find ways to free up your time, it is impossible to scale your practice up. Now, this is a very interesting topic. And that is why we created a video specifically for this subject called Eight Steps to Automate Your Marketing and Scale Your Practice Up. And we've added the video link into our show notes so you can check it out later. Well, that's it for today. As always, we love to hear your feedback. We have this last question for you, though. 
What are some marketing questions that you haven't been able to figure out yourself? We'd love you to share these questions with us so we can help you answer them or even get an answer from a similar successful practice for you. So please your comments below and while you are there, be sure to subscribe to our blog and become OMD Insiders, which will give you instant access to our training, videos, podcasts, and ebook library. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to catching you at the next one. Thank you for listening to the Online Marketing for Doctors podcast with Hu Yen Truong and Steve Tate. Be sure to check out the archive section on our website for previous episodes at onlinemarketingfordoctors.com slash podcast. And subscribe to the show so we can catch you at the next episode.